Welcome back to First Draft Phil. My name is Phil Lager. I'm a worship leader and singer-songwriter. And today on the podcast, as I hinted at last week, we have a very special guest. My wife, Sarah Lager, who is so much more than just my wife, although I don't know where I would be if she were not my wife. Um, I talked to her today about a number of things. This is part one of a two-part interview. Um, and we just talk about Sarah's faith journey, uh, how she came to Christ and working through some difficult times in life. I won't waste much time, uh, introing her. Um, she does a good job of that herself once we get into it. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the ever lovely Sarah Lager. I am sitting across from the mother of my three children, the love of my life, the hardest working furniture restorer in show business, uh, (laughs) the lovely Sarah Lager. Sarah, welcome to First Draft Phil. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, Sarah, Mm. we've known each other for quite a while. It has been a long time. It's been a long time. Um, I wanted to uh, get you on the podcast, and you're thinking, uh, and you asked me a second ago, you said, I hope, are you, you going to ask me about music? music? Don't ask me about music. <laughs> Sarah, you don't ask me about music, no, got you? Yeah, I mean, we may touch on some of uh, musical stuff, but um, you are my better half by far. This is not going to be a, a love fest in, in terms of us just... Uh, He's more the gushy one. Waxing and, and sure. being gushy. Um, and not even telling our story. We could give a brief... Here's our story. We met in 19... Here's a quiz. We met in 19... What? 1996. What, what was the name of the camp we met at? Greenwood Lake. What town in Ohio was it in? No idea. Delaware, Ohio. Okay. <laughs> What year, do we get, what year do we get married? 2002. What was the name of the garden? <laughs> what was the name of the garden so we got married? Callenwald. Callenwald. Mm. Um, and then that was 2002, so we've been married for 20 years now, so we've known each other quite a while. It's been a minute, yeah. Yeah. Have experienced a good deal of life together on two different continents. Mm. A lot of stuff under our belts. But listen, it's not about me and you necessarily today. Uh, I wanted to have you on because, um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to, the first thing I usually ask my guests is to tell a little bit about themselves, their story of uh, how they came to faith. Um, so just just start there. Maybe just give people a brief overview of... Oh, boy. <clears throat> okay. Well, hello, Phil's audience. <laughs> festival. Um, I, as I'm sure if you're friends with Phil, I'm sure he's mentioned a time or two that I'm from Australia. And so I grew up there and for, for a majority of my life, from about five years on, I grew up there. Fun fact, (coughs) actually born in Utah. I was. It, and you my, don't have to tell the whole story of that, but that's just a little fun. Well, yeah. For... Briefly, my mom and dad were hippies. Yeah. They traveled across America. Right. 
I worked for a doctor in yeah. Utah, yeah. and they carried on with their hippie life and <laughs> ended up in the West Indies. There were no hospitals, so they flew back right. to Utah. If people want to hear an in-depth, like, they can go to our friend Drew Forrester's podcast. Yeah, yeah. He's got a podcast a, called a, The, a bit about the stuff, Creator yeah. Podcast. You can mm-hmm. go, I'll leave a link in the comments in, uh, in the, uh, the description. But, yeah, uh, an in-depth you can check all about Sarah's parents and their story. and It's a crazy, wonderful, amazing God story. Mm. Um, but anyway, not to interrupt you, you grew up in Australia. In yeah, so I was born in Utah, but I, I, it was a technicality. I only stayed there for like five minutes. So if you wanted to run for president, you actually could run okay, for president because yeah, you're born. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, we moved back from the West Indies to Australia when I was five, and my dad had a conversion come to Jesus story that's quite incredible, and he went from drug smuggling to Jesus follower in a uh, you know short amount of time, and uh, that in itself is a whole like mm-hmm. half an hour talk anyway mm-hmm. as well, but. When, when we came back to Australia, Dad was on fire for the Lord and he converted my grandma, my grandpa and anyone that would listen to him. And so, you know, I from then on, I grew up in a Christian home. But I probably had my own come to Jesus. Well, I don't know if it's like this for other kids who have grown up in Christian families, but I had a come to Jesus moment several times, sure. you know, throughout yeah, growing yeah. up, and uh, I know I had a, I don't know the year, but it was, I was at Hillsong. Bible and, College, Hillsong have a Bible College. In yeah, yeah, but it was even before that, I was oh, at one okay. of their youth one events, their, oh, okay. and um, just had a, a meeting with Jesus, and was you know, uh, changed, and mm. so then decided that I would go to Bible college, and uh, went to Bible college for a while, and then, <laughs> you know, left, met you, and, 1996. Yeah, yeah 1996, so. Yeah, <clears throat> and then, so we met in 1996, and the interesting story about that is that you were running from God like you you were you were in a tough time I had just come out of a tough time and I was pursuing God you were in kind of the throes of a tough time and we met at camp that summer and it and from 96 onwards uh for me what was really tough for a lot of years um in 97, my best friend's mum uh, was diagnosed with cancer and she died within six months. And so that really rocked my world. And, and she was not only your best friend's mum, but very a, a very influential figure for yeah, you Yeah, she was like a mother figure. Mother. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, my upbringing is, um, is in a Baptist church, which yeah. I always feel like I have to qualify no in America. But, you know, one it, body, one, yeah. one church, yeah. So, you know, I grew up with the same people my whole life from, you know, kindergarten through to grade, because I didn't finish high school, so grade 10. I grew up with the same people. 
we went to church together, we went to school together, we travelled on the train to school together and back home again and mm. we were spent holidays with each other, weekends with each other. We just, we were always around yeah. each other and yeah. so they became extended aunts and uncles and mums or dads and influential mm. people that just looked out for us and in, spoke into our life and stuff like that. It was That was a really sweet time and so um, that was growing up. And then, I don't know, I was, you know, I went to Bible college because I thought it was the right thing to do and I felt compelled to do it and I was going into children's ministry but then when I got there I was a bit lost mm. and... Um, just, I I am very introverted and I'm very quiet, but I also have these wild ideas in my youth and I would be very sporadic or I'd be very spontaneous. And so I get an idea and I'd like, and I kind of do that now. I get an idea and I'm like, yeah, let's do that. And then I go for it. And, and, but then, you yeah. know. Uh, that's interesting. Pivot. We, we um, not to insert myself into your story, but it's kind of hard not to, as I've oh. known you for a long time and we're right. married, joined yeah. a tip. Uh, but that's we we one of the things we have done a lot in our marriage is realized how different we are, and you know, which is a good thing. Yeah. But think points of commonality. We we kind of when we find those, we're like, oh yeah, we have this, and like, and I think that's one of the things that we have in common is that that kind of introverted yet but yet big ideas and sporadic you know mm. we're both kind of like that but yeah so you you went from <clears throat> from bible college then to what what was next for you a camp in the middle of nowhere okay so that Ohio. was right before yeah and then you know like i came back to uh there was some other news and stuff like that that sure. were happening in my life that i don't yeah think it's necessary <laughs> to talk about but it yeah. was really hard a really hard time and it was life altering and all of a sudden I had my best friend's mum and my best friend take it out of my life she my best friend wasn't she didn't pass away her mum did but something happened between us that removed her from my life and so I was lost so in a short period span of time we like we don't we don't have to go into details but a short span of time a woman that you loved and looked up to and mm-hmm. really close to your heart had an impact on your life, your family, and um, a, fr- a very close friend. Um, there was like a, would you say, is it accurate to say there was, you, would you say there was a sense of betrayal and loss and like all of that compounded yeah, and just 100%. sort of hit you all at the same time? Yeah, it was grief, it was devastation, it was annoyance because my life didn't look like I wanted it to or hoped it would and just um yeah and and just not knowing well what do I do now sort of thing and um you know we sort of glossed over that you and I (laughs) met each other that year and then this, this is why it's so hard when people t- ask us to tell our story. It's yeah. such a mini drama. Like it it's really such, is. It's such a, like it would never be a movie. It'd be like <laughs> a. It would be like a, a saga and mm. all kinds of stuff happen in there. We were That's back probably and why forth. our favorite movie is Return to Me. Right, <laughs> right. It's so dramatic. It's and, dramatic. You know. So complicated. Uh, 
how how did you well actually without fast forwarding how did you how did you find your way mm. through that time in your life and how did how because I know there's a sense of like we said sense of betrayal and grief um, annoyance life is not looking like you thought mm. God is still in your life at this point and loving you through this obviously but how 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 was that journey for you well I think. If I, if I look back on my life, there have been a lot of times where I've felt lost and, and that same sense, it's like there's been several times and, you know, this is one instance and then, you know, some years later um, in our marriage as well, I've felt that and mm-hmm. for, for me, right or wrong, like I need time and distance from that pain and I I do a lot of inward talking <laughs> to myself, imaginative talking to the situation and the person, and then a lot of talking to God and what do I do with this God and how do I... And, you know, there was some time there where I didn't allow myself the room to grieve or it be okay that I was upset or it's okay that I'm sad about that or that I'm grieving or that I feel like instead it was a lot of pushing it down and saying well I'm just not ready to look at that yet and so we just bury it and 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 the distance you know I needed the distance from it and so uh, it's not that I don't think I would recommend that now to anyone when my kids are going through stuff I don't recommend that to them now at all I want them to talk to me I want to um, let them know that it's okay you can be mad, you can be sad disappointed, all the things recognise it acknowledge it and let's walk through it together rather than doing what I did because what I did was not healthy and so you know I had time time passed a lot of time passed and this is also my personality where you know it's almost I wake up one day and go okay I'm done with that now let's um the grieving is over and and I see it and I acknowledge it but that was that time and so I need to move on because I recognize the unhealthiness of dwelling in 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 that sort of a space too long. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So. When was that? When when did you wake up one day and and decide? Okay. Like about what time was that? A little bit. So you moved. So after we met in '96, you moved back home. And she died early, to early '97. So it it probably wasn't until yeah around 2000 that I just and in all of that time I was still going to church. Right. I was still reading my Bible and 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 keeping in keeping in step as best I could but with there God. Was stuff. Like deep stuff yeah. down there that had to be processed at some point, yes. had to be worked through at some point. And, you know, maybe you're still working through a little bit of that, but you decided, I'm not going to. Yeah. It's time to. 
yeah, it's just time to get up out of the mud. Okay, so I know I said we weren't going to talk about music or worship. <laughs> okay, but this that brings us to when you move back to the states. Okay, mm. this is the second part of the Phil and Sarah mini drama <laughs> series. Uh, you you move back to the states. We both ended up back in Boston together. Mm -hmm. um, started dating again. And you actually, there was a point in your life where you led worship. You, you. <laughs> this is, a, it's, I, maybe I'm the only one who finds this comical, but um, so backstory real uh. quick. When we broke up the first time of many dozens of times that we were on and off again, <laughs> in 96, the, when, when, you, when you, you, I think part of everything you just explained like what you were dealing with, there's obviously so much going on with you in your life in terms of life events, family dynamics, friend dynamics back in Australia. You know, when, mm -hmm. when we met, there's so much that it was a lot for you to be on the other side of the world in a relationship with me in 1996. Yeah. And that was definitely part of um, the reason why, in the end, we, we broke it off. And when I say we broke it off, I mean you broke I it off. <laughs> And move back yeah. to Australia. So, because I, I was, didn't know, yeah, yeah. I didn't have friends and I didn't have family, and that, um, that it was just hard. It was very hard. Yeah. And so, you, when you, like, I was devastated for two, like, it took me like a year to get up, to get <laughs> over you. Um, because I had already asked, I pretty much said, Will you marry me? You know? Right. So, gave it to God. I said, Okay, Lord, I finally had some people in my life say, hey, listen, you need you need to move on. And so yeah. I did, and that was the right thing at the time. Mm -hmm. And then the tables are turned. You come, like I've, you come back and into my life and mm. like a, we didn't plan on living it. Like you moved yeah. back to the States. You knew what right. you wanted then. Yeah. You knew what you wanted. Yeah. Um, and that that's part of the spontaneous spontaneous thing, right? I was like, okay, yep, gotta let it go, let the grief go, and I did. I let the grief go and uh, let Carol like, and Sally go. And then you're like, right. And then I was like, who am I, who am I not letting go? Why can't I let him go? Aww. And then um, I was like, that's well, nice. you know, I'll just come. No pressure if it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Um, but you know, yeah, no pressure. I've just moved across uh, this. I've just moved back from Australia. Yeah. Just to be friends in the same city as you. <laughs> to see if my. No, no, I didn't. I didn't say just be friends. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, no, no pressure. But I. So now I've like I've given you to the Lord. I'm like you're, you know, and so now she was on the other foot. The reason I brought up worship leading singer is because. Yes. Um, I know why. <laughs> you, so we were not dating, but kind of on, again, it was just like, I couldn't make up my mind. I was confused again. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you, you, you knew what you wanted. 
Yeah. You know, you wanted you wanted me. I'm not saying that arrogantly. I'm just saying <laughs> I'm saying it's you, true. You you and so yes. I asked you to lead wor- help me lead worship. <laughs> and so you did. Oh, you, yeah. you got up on stage with well, Jeez. I can't remember. I can see exactly where it is. It is at the Salvation Army Camp Wonderland Chapel. Yes, Jen and Drew. And I can't even remember the song. It was Hungry by Oh Lord. Vineyard Worship. Now interestingly, and you got up to lead worship with me. Thanks for that, babe. That was that was awesome. <laughs> I will never forget that. Oh, neither will I. You introduced me to that album, I think, or... Mm. If you're not a a worship leader, Sarah, Mm. or a musician, you are definitely a worshiper. And um, kids always poke fun. I poke fun. Because the only two types of music you ever really listen to Mm. is... Is You're just telling everyone everything. Country, country. <laughs> this, that's what this is. You're a guest <laughs> on the podcast. Country music. Yes. And, and like Hillsong, like worship music. And yes. so you've always been a passionate worshiper. Um, and, and I love that about you. Mm. <laughs> um, and I love the fact. So can, we can fast forward. Can we fast forward a little bit mm-hmm. to... You already mentioned that you went to Hillsong. You grew up in a Christian home. You went to Hillsong Bible College, mm-hmm. studied. Um, you always, if you, if if anyone looks at your Bible, they will see a highlighted Bible, full of full full of, of messages from the Lord, full of insights, um, sticky sticky notes, <laughs> highlighters, uh, all kinds of stuff. You are a student of the Word. Um, when we were living in Australia, so this is now we've been married for uh, seven, eight years, nine years, I can't remember how long, but there was a specific time for you where something switched on again for you, maybe, I don't know, for the first time again, and I came home one day, and I've always loved the fact that you're a student of the Word, but you had, like, um, Alfred Edersheim books laid out on the bed, uh-huh. the complete, like, you had things laid out, you... You had begun to study again. You were in the Word. We had gone through some really difficult personal times, mm-hmm. uh, but the two of us in our marriage. Yeah. And um, but you had come out the other side of that. We had both, you know, maybe still a little frail. But you, maybe talk a little bit about what that was for you. What awakened that sense in you again? And, and I'm not sure I can explain it. Um, with eloquence, so I'll just do my best I'll probably stumble over it but feel free to help me (laughs) we were going to uh, a very a pretty a healthy church like a church that loved like we we it was it was interesting because we not that we hadn't been part of churches but we were not necessarily healthy before Mm. you know and we had found a place uh, North Lakes Salos Mm -hmm. Salvation Army in Newcastle Australia yeah and people were uh, nurturing us, loving us, accepting us into community and fellowship and ministry. Right. Well, and there was always this question in me, and I make I make fun and I make light of it, but you know, anytime I see a picture of Jesus and he's white, I'm like, well, there's a white Jesus. Right. Right, and Jesus wasn't white; he was Jewish. Hmm. And uh, I all 
I, I had this question, this ever-growing question in my mind of, am I really saved? Because I know in the Old Testament, right, the, the writers talk about the chosen people of God, the Israelites, and how they were formed and how they were shaped and how God led them and God breathed over them and he gave them specific um, destiny and he gave them specific words just over them as a people. And so I would be like, well, you know, and I, I know the New Testament. I, I know what Paul and the writers have all said about a new creation and being grafted in. Yes, but I needed to know deep in me, God, yeah. do you love me as much as you love yeah. those that you formed and and the the Israelite people and and is this all real? You wanted if I'm not mistaken, you wanted a complete picture of, you know, not just one part of the Bible but the whole story like you wanted yeah. you like Jesus was like you said, you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't have the New Testament without the Old Testament. They're intricate, intricately yeah. woven together and form a whole story. And mm. it just any time somebody will take the New Testament without considering the old, it it yeah it, we it's unbalanced. We were just me. talking about this at dinner the other day with our kids, right? Like mm -hmm. how. You can see it's meditation. A lot of Jesus stuff is meditations. They are taken like Psalm, Psalm 37, you know, blessed are the meek. You know, we talked yeah. about how it's like Jesus was Jewish. Mm -hmm. The early church, the early disciples were all, they came out of a Jewish. And so that was important to you. Yeah, it was. And so I was like, well, then how do I fit into this? Right family yeah. and and the answer is Jesus yeah, of course of course and you know that's that's how I fit in and so then I was like okay I want to know more about and and I have a book um, written by um, both a, a Gentile believer and a Jewish believer and and it's talking about um, following the um, the rabbi's feet Oh, yeah. And um, and it, and it talks about the Jewish Jesus, yeah. and following him, and yeah. so, you know, that just ignited. When again, that my that's my personality. I was like, I'm resolute. Okay, yeah, this woke up in me, and I and I wanted to read everything that I could about Jesus and how it was for him back then, and and his believers and followers and how it affects me now. And so, yeah, Alfred Edersheim is one of my favorite authors and I have a whole host of rabbis uh, on yeah. podcasts that like, I like listen to. And yeah, like Messianic. Yeah, there's a, there's a rabbi, a Messianic um, rabbi down in Florida who puts his services online and oh, I occasionally yeah. listen to them and yeah, I'm just enriched by it and and love that perspective of you know it because sometimes sometimes it can get in the modern Christian church a little like they forget the heritage sure. 
and mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, we've got to make that trip to Jerusalem sometime. I know yeah. before COVID hit, our plan was to do 20th anniversary trip, yeah. but um, maybe 25. Maybe we'll start maybe 20, 25th anniversary. Yeah. You started, you dove in, like you said, you're resolute. You dove in, mm-hmm. you started wanting to um, learn how to preach and like communicate all of that better. There were a few opportunities that opened up for you. Um, and just slowly, you know, mm-hmm. and then, um, you experienced renewal. Would you say that that's accurate? Like you mm-hmm. were, your mind was being renewed, passions stirred again. Mm-hmm. And, um, in the middle of that, um, we started wondering what's next for us. You know, we experienced, you and I experienced a lot of healing. We had some this is a plug for Christian counseling. Mm. Anybody couple str- counseling. Couple counseling. We had, I mean, we had an older, um, we had a couple, an older married couple. Mm. Uh, Christians had been following Jesus for a long time. Yeah. Who co- counseled us together on a regular basis. And were able to help us each see some of our blind spots. Mm. And, he- and heal from trauma. Yeah. So... No shame, and we need more counseling in the church. We need yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's like what I was saying earlier about you know I would just push it all down, and I yeah. I don't think that that's the way to go for us as humans at all. Like whether you're in a real marriage relationship or you're on your own, and I think talking to somebody who is wise yeah. and trusted. And not abusive, because I've had some abusive counsellors. We've had some abusive <laughs> counsellors. Yeah. And they can do more damage. Sure. And, sure. But having someone who who does love the Lord and who loves you and is looking, wants to help you, yeah, yeah talking about it, talking about stuff that's going on for you is so important. I think, I think we... Days have gone where there's shame about it, but it's quite probably quite not where it should be. Where it's it's absolutely okay yeah. to talk about what's going on inside of you in your heart, and let's sift through it and talk sure. about it, because there have been people in my life who have not felt like they could talk about stuff and have been close to yeah. Yeah. ending their life sure. and. That's so sad, and I, 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 yeah, I, I just think asking people if they're okay, praying for them, and and getting help is just so. Sorry, Mm. rabbit trap. No, that's good. That's (laughs) good. It's so important. I feel passionate about it. So. That's awesome. So that was part one of my conversation with Sarah. Um, next time, we're going to get into more of what's happening now for her and how she got to where she is now in terms of embracing who God made her to be, um, in terms of uh, her woodworking and her YouTube channel. 
Um, I love talking about that with her because she really comes alive. So make sure you tune in next week. Um, and also, if you would like or subscribe or leave a review, whatever you do, um, it helps us just get the word out. So thank you so much for listening. And I'll be back with part two of this conversation with Sarah next week on First Draft Phil.